Good morning, afternoon, evening. May the Lord bless you all greatly, my beloved brothers and sisters, and all of the brothers and sisters and people from different places around the world, from over 70 countries the church is in. There are many countries where there are congregations, where there are groups that are gathering seeking the things of God. And in China, in China, in a small town close to one of the main cities, there is a group of about 50 people. They are congregating and they watch the Bible studies and the sermons through the internet. And they are now asking for us to go and to have a service and bring people to give them prophecy because they want to listen to prophecy and they want for us to visit them, which is something that we're already organizing to visit those places. And we give thanks to God because all of this is the fulfillment of God's promises. What God has promised over 60 years ago, promised to this church, this place, this congregation, and God has been fulfilling day by day, month by month, year by year. He has been fulfilling his word, God manifesting himself. And God promised us also that he would give us those wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit and that he would be guiding us, leading us and teaching us the doctrine. And it has been so, my beloved brothers and sisters, and all those who are newcomers, those who are here congregating with us, you are welcomed and we invite you to enjoy of the word of God. Enjoy the gift of prophecy, God speaking to human beings, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God speaking to humans, to men and women, to any person of any race, of any age of any color. That is what God does. And so we feel very privileged and proud of our God, of that God that this book called Bible mentions. And so we are here reading and reflecting and analyzing and, well, learning about the Lord every day. Therefore, welcome all of you. May my God bless you all. You may be seated. Find your places. And as we have been studying the book of the early church, the experiences of the early Christians, of how people began the Church of the Lord, the Apostles. Here we are reviewing some experiences because not all of the experiences were written. It is said that there were thousands of miracles, works, and wonders that the Lord Jesus Christ did. His apostles as well, his first 12 apostles, God manifested in a great way using them. And 
There were thousands of wonders and works that God did, but unfortunately, they were not written down. Or if they were written, surely they are lost with all of the wars and things that have happened on earth. And so we have very few experiences, just the most notable perhaps. So we are here reading the book of the Acts of the Apostles. In other words, the acts of the early Christians when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ began. When the Holy Spirit came and descended upon all of them and each one received the power from on high, the power of God, and God began to manifest himself in the midst of all of them. That is why today we are going to read in chapter 9. In chapter 9 of Acts, we are going to read from verse 1 to 43 to 40, and we are going to read and reflect and analyze as well the acts, the occurrences, everything that happened. And we are also going to make a comparison with our days, with our present day, what we live, what we have lived with the Lord. And we are going to realize that there is nothing new. God is the same yesterday, the same today, and forever he will be the same. The manifestation that he had thousands of years ago is the same manifestation that he does with us today. That is why we feel joyful and trusted and supported by God. We feel certain about what we believe in, about what we teach, because God is with us. And it isn't just a saying that God is with us, a theory, but it is a reality. It is a reality what we live. Therefore, those who are here for the first time and newcomers, if you have the opportunity to congregate, to go to one of our congregations in any country, in any city, in any town, our church, the Church of God Ministry of Jesus Christ International, you are going to experience how God is going to speak to you what is hidden in your heart. He is going to speak the secrets that is in your life, in your being, intimate details of your life, things in your life you have never told anyone but the Holy Spirit will bring to light these things to convince you that God lives and that God speaks to people. But God does not do these things to embarrass anyone. He does it to change people's lives and to transform a person, to transform a being so that people may change, so that people may be happy, so that people may have peace and calm in their lives. Because that is what our God does. Glory to the Lord. And so here, in chapter 9, verse 1, says, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Let us remember that in chapters 7 and 8, it says that when they were stoning Stephen, it says that there was a young man named Saul, and he was there keeping the clothes of the people that were harming Stephen, those who were stoning him. 
He was there and he agreed with what they were doing. And that young man was named Saul. So we are going to read this story about Saul. What happened to Saul after having been the enemy of the Lord or enemy of the church or enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ and his followers? So, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he went, asked for authorization, so that when he saw someone speaking of the gospel, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, then he could, with all freedom, take them prisoners to the city of Jerusalem. Verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Here is where we are going to see the greatness of God, God's mercy, how God had mercy with this young man, Saul, how God saw something in him, something that was in his heart. He saw that he was a jealous man for the word of God and that he was apparently defending a doctrine, a religion. At that time, the law of Moses, because he was a Jew, Paul. And so God saw that zeal, and he wanted to manifest himself, and wanted to marvel in this young man who was stubborn and was persecuting the followers of Christ, those who are preaching the word of the Lord. And so the Lord said, when Saul went toward Jerusalem, he went to that place. It says that a light shone around him from heaven. Then in verse four, it says, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He heard the voice of God, the voice of the Lord. And he said, why are you persecuting me? He did not say, why are you persecuting my apostles, my servants, the ones who follow me, the ones who are preaching the gospel? He said, why are you persecuting me? The Lord said, you are persecuting me. And in verse five, Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he said, it is hard for him as a human being to go against our God, who is the owner, the creator, and the one who rules over the entire universe. So it is difficult to face this great being our God. So he, in verse 6, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, 
and you will be told what you must do. And that is how the Lord spoke to him, God speaking to a human being. We here preach and teach that God speaks, that God speaks today, that he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, through the spiritual gifts, through the spiritual gift of prophecy. The spiritual gift of prophecy is using a man or a woman, using their mouth, their tongue to speak. And God speaks to us through visions, through dreams. That is how God speaks to us. And in this moment, God spoke to Saul through a vision. Because this vision that Saul was living were visions that he was seeing. He saw the light, hearing the voice of the Lord. So God was speaking to him, speaking to him just as today the Lord has spoken to us and to many people. The Lord has spoken to them and convinced them and removed their foolishness, their disbelief, their doubts. He has shown them that God is power and that the truth of God exists, that this is God's plan and the things of God will continue forever and his manifestation will continue and he will continue to manifest himself to human beings because I always repeat the same things. God is the same yesterday and today. He does not change. He is the same. The Lord has not changed. He will not change. As people who say, this is no longer the trend. This is obsolete. This isn't useful anymore. Now we have new technology. We have advancements in science, new things, innovation, passions. But not our God. Our God is the same, the powerful one, the one that speaks, that does wonders, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, over 2,000 years, these things happened, and he was speaking to Saul to convince him. Just as a person who came to church and said, but this church, this doesn't convince me. This is a lie. No, no, no. They are deceiving me. I do not believe. I do not believe. Why? Because I see that people are crazy. Everyone acts crazy. And he criticized this in his heart during the service. But then, once the service was over and they gave him prophecy, the Lord spoke to him and said, they are not crazy people like you say. No one is crazy here. I am the one that manifests here and I am going to speak to you and I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to transform you and I'm going to change your life so that you no longer say that because I am the one that brought you to this place to bless you so that you may be happy. And this person began to cry and astonished, believing that God was the one who was speaking to him. And so in this way, and thousands of different examples and experiences like this have happened to so many people for over 60 years because these are the experiences that I have lived for over 60 years from the very first time that I met God, that I knew 
the Bible, and God began to manifest himself in my life and to promise me so many things that today I see them fulfilled and they continue to be fulfilled. And so how are we going to doubt? How am I going to doubt God? I had to submit myself to his plan, to his commandment, to the order that he gave me. And he gave me orders and told me what I needed to do. And I am doing just that, what he has ordered me to do. And I have had victory and success in my life because it is God who spoke to me. It wasn't my own whims or a human being, but it was God. God was the one to convince me. He convinced me and he continues to convince me. Therefore, people and all of those who have had the opportunity to be in this place, in this congregation with God, covered by the Holy Spirit, the marvelous work of our God with his marvelous gifts, people have believed. They are certain that God is the one who has brought them and is guiding them and is blessing them, that God does exist. He does speak, and that is marvelous. When people come for the first time and they listen to prophecy and the person leaves crying and they say, I feel so much peace in my heart. I feel peace in my being. I feel joy. I have never felt joy. I have never felt that peace that I felt when they prayed for me, when they gave me prophecy, when God spoke to me. We hear this all the time. All the time we hear people say this. So, so many testimonies that are on the webpage. And I invite you to enter the webpages of the church and that you may read and delight yourselves reading those testimonies and informing yourself of those marvelous things that God does in people's lives and that God also is going to do in yours. Our God is with us. The Holy Spirit gives happiness. And here, Paul, Saul, this young man, began to have that happiness. He began to have peace with God because the Lord spoke to him. Because he was a Jew, he read the law of Moses. And he has read that there were prophets and that God spoke to prophets, to Moses, to Elijah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all of those prophets God spoke to. And God spoke to the people through the prophets. And Saul had read that God had done so many wonders. But he, in his time, in the age that he was, he had never seen the marvels of God, the power of God, the manifestation of the Lord. He had never seen it. So this was the first time that he had this marvelous experience. When the Lord says, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And so he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says here in verse seven, or I will reread verse six. He says, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So all of this is not new to us because today 
For over 60 years, the Lord has manifested himself this way with many people, with many people. And here in verse 7, And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So, in other words, he was blinded at that moment. Verse 9, And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. He was a follower of Jesus Christ. And it says, The Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. That is how God speaks. This is not a fable. This is not a fairy tale. This was a reality because today God has manifested in the same way with many people. I remember a sister who had the spiritual gift of discernment and God had brought her to church and God would speak to her. And God gave the order to the sister and said, go to a family, go to a family, the Hernandez family. And there you have to give the message to the whole family. You must pray for all of them because I have a message for the family because they are going through tribulations. They are sad. And so he gave her directions. And this person went and brought the message to them. And God spoke to each person, each member of this family. And then they were very happy, very joyful. And from that day on, they converted and they began to congregate. They joined the congregation because God convinced them, because God gave them peace and happiness and solved all of their problems and tribulations that they had. So this is not new. When the sister returned from having gone and sent that message, when she returned at night, she went to church to the worship service. And there she heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, how did it go at Cecilia's? How did it go? God asking her how it went as if God was a human being like us knowing it all, because he knows it all. But he wanted to be at that moment as a human being. And he said, how did it go at Cecilia's? Did you send the message? Did you do what I asked? And she said, yes, I did what you ordered me to do. And it went very well. Then she realized and said, what am I doing? What am I saying? How am I speaking to the Lord in this way? The Lord is revealing himself to me. He is manifesting himself in my life. And I'm speaking to him as if we, we are speaking one-on-one. -on -one. And so 
God, many times to many people, he would give orders to go and send a message to a family who were in tribulations or saddened, and God would work great miracles. So here, when he tells Ananias, he says, go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. That is what Saul, who was praying, saw in a vision that a man named Ananias came in to put his hands on him to pray over him so that he may be healed because he was blinded in that experience that he lived in those moments with the Lord when there was a light that shone around him that made him fall to the ground. And so he saw this, and in verse 13, then Ananias answered. And so Ananias tells the Lord, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm He has done to your saints in Jerusalem. What do you mean that you are going to send me to him to pray for him after all of the harm he has done? So Ananias was speaking to God as if they were two human beings speaking to each other. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And this is what we have lived. We have lived these experiences And here in verse 14, the Lord, it says that he replies to him. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So Ananias is telling the Lord, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on the name of Jesus Christ. And the Lord says to him in verse 15, go For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Blessed is the Lord. Look at that great promise. God's plan. The plan that God had with Saul. I repeat once again. The Lord told Ananias, you have to go. Because Saul is a chosen vessel of mine. I have chosen him so that he may bear my name, preach the gospel to all the Gentiles. In other words, to all the foreign nations that were not Jews. And he says that he was going to preach to kings and to the children of Israel. That was God's plan. And Saul at that moment, his name was Saul, had been the chosen vessel to do this work. Verse 16 says, the Lord says, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And he suffered for the name of the Lord because he was always persecuted by many tribulations, many hardships, and terrible things in life. This person, Saul, was persecuted. 
And in verse 17, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, meaning he prayed over him, laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to the Lord. Receiving the blessing of the Holy Spirit, that was news that was in the gospel. They were the good tidings that God had proclaimed through the prophets, specifically through the prophet Isaiah, where he said that in the future, the Lord would be forming a new people and that he would give the power of the Holy Spirit because the Lord would be with his people, that he would no longer be far from the people, but very close. And no one understood how it would be, but it would be with the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and his marvelous gifts. And this way, the gospel became the good tidings of salvation in a new way, a new method of salvation, not as the law of Moses. It was the method of the Holy Spirit. It was God himself with people, among people, God himself wanting to dwell in the heart of a being. That was the good tiding, this wonderful gospel. That is why we are going to see here what happened with Saul. And it says here that he needed to receive the Holy Spirit. And in verse 18, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. Glory to God. And he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. So he joined the church of the Lord, the believers of the Lord, with these marvelous experiences. He could no longer doubt it because the Lord convinced him. In verse 20, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? Wasn't it he who persecuted those who preached the gospel of Jesus Christ? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ, glory to our God, proving with works and wonders, proving with the power of God manifesting itself in those apostles, in those servants of God. The power of God was manifesting itself. What a difference. How different that moment, that preaching of the gospel was. How different compared to the law of Moses. 
the Holy Spirit never manifested itself. You never heard that God spoke to just anybody to comfort them, but everyone lived doing what they thought was best. They heard that there was a God that existed, but God was very far from each person. And here in the gospel, God so close to us, closer than we could ever imagine. The Lord is very close to us. And so how proud are we? What privilege? May the honor be to our God. Our God is great and righteous. He is powerful. He lives. He exists. And so it says here in verse 23, Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Poor Saul. At that moment, at once, they sought him to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. So Saul saved himself. And in verse 26, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Yes, of course. After having heard that he was persecuting the apostles, the disciples of the Lord, here they were all fearful. They were afraid to get near him or to believe him. Yet that is God's plan. That is the word of the Lord. And here in verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas had to tell all of the disciples the testimony of the occurrences of everything that Paul had lived and his experiences with the Lord, so that they would not be afraid and would be able to trust in Saul. Verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. So everyone trusted him. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Well, the brothers trusted Saul and they helped him hide so that he may be delivered from his persecutors who wanted to take his life immediately. In verse 31, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified in the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Blessed is the Lord. This is a summary of the experiences or the testimony of Saul. But later on, we are going to find how God begins to use 
this man how he begins to give him power to support him and to work wonders and miracles just as God's plan was that he had chosen him to preach, to preach in many foreign nations. This is marvelous. God spoke. And we continue to read the story and we see the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. And today as well. Today, if we try to retell all that has happened from 60 years ago to today, there is no time to tell all of the experiences and testimonies of all the great things and marvels in the manifestation of God in our lives and how God spoke to each person, all the testimonies, marvelous testimonies that we have, if only there was time to tell those marvels from God. That is why we are not envious of these people, because today God has manifested himself in the same way. Blessed be the Lord. And today God has done even more extraordinary things than what we read here in the Acts of the Apostles. This is marvelous. Let us continue to read. And it says, verse 32, Now it, it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. Here stops the topic concerning Saul, which we are going to find in chapters later on. Here it talks about Peter that visited a congregation in a city called Lydda. And there he found someone named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Because God is power because that was the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ not only gives salvation, not only gives eternal life, but in this life, while human beings live, the Lord gives happiness, peace, healing. He works miracles in your life, and that human being stands up is strengthened, God heals them and makes them happy and prospers them and gives them peace, which is what we need. We know that money, riches, the riches of the world, does not give peace nor happiness. It gives other things, other pleasures, but peace and happiness can only be given by God. And God gives this when the person comes to the true way of the Lord, the true way, the gospel of the Lord, the good tidings of salvation, that is the gospel, the Holy Spirit speaking to people, God supporting his followers, his children, and giving them power, giving them power to work miracles and wonders as well. Our God does all of this in his marvelous gospel. Glory to our God. And it says, 
that here in verse 34, Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you, arise and make your bed. Then he rose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Glory to God because they saw the miracle because they knew Aeneas because it was a town. And at that point, towns were small and everyone knew each other. And they knew that Aeneas was paralyzed, who was bedridden. And when they realized that he was healed and was walking amongst everyone, they believed. How are they not going to believe in the Lord? They believed in the Lord. They believed in the gospel. They believed in the word preached by the apostles. They converted and they joined the church. That was the fulfillment of the growth of the church of the Lord. They converted and then here in verse 36, it speaks of another marvelous testimony that the disciples experienced in their journey, preaching the word of the Lord, preaching the gospel. The Lord was right when he says in a gospel that prior to rising to heaven, he told the apostles, he said, Go and preach the gospel to every creature, to all human being. He said, go and preach to all. Go around the world and preach this gospel. And all who believes and is baptized will be saved. That was a promise. And here we are seeing the fulfillment of that order, of that promise of the Lord. When it says that all saw Aeneas healed and all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, they all converted to the Lord. Glory to God, the fulfillment of his word, the fulfillment of the order that God gave. If he had not been of God, that plan would not have been fulfilled. None of these things would have been fulfilled. But because it was God who was speaking, since it was God who was on earth, God, who became a human being. He became a human being for some time to consider humans, to be with them, to teach them that God is powerful and that God is the one who has been manifesting. And today he manifests in our lives. Blessed is the Lord. And here we have another testimony. It says in verse 36, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. She was a good Jew. It says that she would do good works and she gave charitable deeds. She was very generous because she thought that this way she would win over God's heart and win over God. God's goodwill, and she wasn't mistaken because God wanted to bless her. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter 
was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Because they heard the news that Dorcas had died. And they called for Apostle Peter to go to see if he can do something. And all of this also reminds me that many times it has happened in our time that God has resurrected people who have died. And in the beginning, we did not have the wisdom or not sure how to say it, but to write or to record or document those testimonies with proof to tell people the miracle that God worked when God would resurrect people because God is not going to resurrect everyone. He has resurrected a few people. And here, it talks about her already being in the upper room where they place the dead person And once in a country, the Lord resurrected a person who was already in the mortuary because she had already died. And they took her to the mortuary. And after they examined the body and they are dead, they leave them there in the mortuary. And when a family member went, they prayed to God. They cried out to the Lord for their family member. And they entered that place, that mortuary. And when they entered and went to see, the person resurrected. And doctors, because there were doctors there and other personnel who were in charge of that area of doing that work. When they saw this, they ran out frightened. They were frightened. That testimony happened, but we did not do anything to gather that information, to gather proof from doctors, those who could say, yes, I signed when this person died and now this person resurrected. We did not do any of these things because we took everything as something normal from God, as something normal and ordinary that God does and that's it. But today, There have been so many testimonies and other people who have resurrected that now we have all agreed to ask for more information and proof so that there may be no doubt so that people may not say they made this up. That is made up. But have proof. And now that is what we are doing. To show people that God lives, that God is powerful, and that God works miracles. Blessed is the name of the Lord. And also, people have gotten up from their wheelchair and declared healed. The Lord has also healed. But we have lacked skills in taking pictures and taking the person's testimonies almost like a summary of their illness and how they do not have that illness any longer. But we know that through those testimonies, many people are going to come to our God, to his true way. Many people will believe in the true gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And so it says here that after they sent men for Peter, then Peter arose in verse 39 and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Glory be to the Lord. The miracle was worked. It was a miracle. The dead person rose. Just as the prophets would say in antiquity, that in the gospel, in the latter days, there would be deliverance. The Messiah would work wonders and miracles. The dead would rise. The blind would see and the deaf would hear. And in all of these aspects, not just physical, but also in the spiritual sense, the Lord heals. Because there is spiritual deafness and spiritual blindness when the person does not know the way of God, we say that they are blind and deaf. But well, God is there ready to remove that deafness and to place us in his way and also to work wonders and miracles physically as well in the person's body. So it's God's way of manifesting. He also manifests today with us and we feel so proud because of this. Blessed is the Lord. And it says here, that she opened her eyes and she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known, it says here, and it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed on the Lord. There were witnesses because many knew her and they saw that she was dead. And they were weeping for her. So when she arose, no one doubted, but everyone believed in the Lord. And so it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon a tanner. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Look at the miracles and the wonders that our God does when we are walking in the true way of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is why I invite you, you who are here for the first time, newcomers, I invite you to congregate, seek the closest church to you in whatever country you live in, the closest congregation, because the church, we have the church in about a hundred countries. With its legal documentation, we have it in 70 countries. But there are many places where there is a congregation where people gather together and God speaks to them. The Holy Spirit speaks to them and makes them happy and makes wonderful promises. Go to the congregations, listen to prophecy so that God may give you peace, so that God may give you calm and happiness and eternal salvation one day. Therefore, everyone is invited, welcome, and I invite you 
to find this marvelous way of this true gospel of Jesus Christ that our God may bless you all greatly. We are going to pray. Let us stand. Holy Father, eternal God, heavenly Father, eternal God, our powerful God, you who are our Father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, our God who was with the prophets. And you are our God today because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, eternal God, for having brought us to this, your way, having shown us your salvation to our lives. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, eternal God. We worship you. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Your kingdom is yours. The glory is yours and the power is yours. All human being will come to you and humble themselves because you deserve it, because you are worthy, because you are righteous and merciful. Your promises are true and real. Your love is eternal and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, eternal God. In this moment, O oh Lord, I ask that you extend your powerful hand, your healing hand, working miracles and wonders in people who are sick, who have different illnesses, people of all ages, who are bedridden, who are in a hospital or on a wheelchair. Lord, raise them up, heal them, and deliver all who are bound by the devil through witchcraft, through sorcery, through curses. Deliver and remove all spiritual bond. Bless each person and deliver in the name of Jesus Christ, your beloved son. I also ask that you may fulfill the petitions and the desires of the hearts of many. Blessed Lord, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hablame, Señor, al corazón. Quiero escuchar tu dulce voz. Háblame, Señor, al corazón. Quiero escuchar tu dulce voz. Todos mis pecados fueron perdonados porque solamente tú eres Dios. Todos mis pecados fueron perdonados porque solamente tú eres Dios. Háblame, Señor, al corazón. Quiero escuchar tu dulce voz. Háblame, Señor, al corazón. Quiero escuchar tu dulce voz. Todos mis pecados fueron perdonados porque solamente tú eres Dios. Todos mis pecados fueron perdonados porque solamente tú eres Dios. Blessed is the Lord. Thank you very much, my beloved brothers and sisters. Thank you to everyone, those who are here today. 
watching this live stream. May God bless you all. A big hug for everyone, for the children. The kiss as usual. May God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you.